everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. I'm your host, Colin Austin, and today's show is being brought to you by the GNV Commercial Advisors at Collier's Gainesville. If your business has ever bought land, sold property, or negotiated a lease, you know why it's important to have someone in your corner who knows the market and delivers results. That's why you see so many Collier's Gainesville signs all over town. The GNV Commercial Advisory Team of Collier's Gainesville has the most experienced commercial real estate team in the market, along with access to a global network of industry experts. With one call, you'll know why so many businesses trust them. Learn more by visiting them on the web at colliers.com slash Gainesville. And also, before we get into the show, I want to tell you guys about a great event that's happening soon. If you are a golfer, then you're not gonna want to miss this, baby. You have the opportunity to play at the most exclusive club in North Central Florida, Golden Ocala Golf and Equestrian Center. Papine Gives, the charity arm of Papine Realty, is hosting the first annual Papine Gives Scramble presented by two college brothers moving in storage on Monday, December 6th at Golden Ocala. Entry is only $175 per golfer, and that includes lunch. There will be contests and raffle prizes as well. All the proceeds will be used to help local at-risk families with their housing needs. Register by typing in this short link, tinyurl.com slash papine, or call Papine Realty at 352-226-8474 and ask for my buddy, Andy Malden. Andy has been on the show before. He was on episode 100 when we did all the real and stuff. That was such a fun episode. Uh, he's been a great sponsor and a great supporter of our show. And uh, Andy, we're so grateful for you, brother. So thank you to you and thank you to Pepin Realty for giving back to our great community. Go golf, y'all. It's going to be a good time. Uh, definitely check that out. Again, that's on December 6th, I believe, right? That's what I said. December 6th, Monday, December 6th. And uh, you guys, I'm really excited today because as you can see, we are recording our first on-location podcast for the Startup South event out here in San Felesco, Tech City, where Florida's leading founders, investors, executives, and media are gathering for an epic program of interviews, pitches, music, and great food. If you've missed it this time around, be sure to stay tuned for the event next year by going to startupsouth.net. I'm pumped to be recording out here today, so let me introduce you to our awesome guest. Today on the show, we're joined by Eric Bellata, Director of Operations for Energyware, an energy efficiency and renewable energy company. Eric, welcome to our show, man. Thanks a lot, Colin. Happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, d- Man, this is so exciting for me to come, kind of be out here, be on the spot, be on the location. Uh, a lot of cool things happening, and I want to kind of dive into how Energyware has, you know, gotten involved with Collective and Co. out here for Startup South. Uh, but before we do that, like, let me hear a little bit about your story, uh, how you got involved with Energyware, uh, what Energyware is, where you guys based out of, you know, all the things. So, kind of unfold your story for me a little bit, please. Yeah. So I actually got into this industry, which is. Well, it's really more like LED lighting industry, um, but that's an aspect of energy efficiency via my father who owned a business that, this was 30 odd years ago now, was uh, retrofitting LED or exit signs from incandescent or because they're always on 24 seven and those little halogen bulbs are very inefficient. They figured out how to retrofit them to LED. And at the time LEDs didn't really produce a ton of light, but you don't need a ton of light in an exit sign. It just has to glow in the dark, right? So they figured out how to retrofit those signs, and that's kind of where it all started. His company was like that, and then they bought another company to manufacture commercial lights, and uh, 
I started working for that company when I was 16 and have long since moved on from there, but I've basically been doing this my whole life and kind of inherited it and the passion for it from my dad. So uh, getting involved with Energy Wear was really cool. I helped start the company six years ago. Uh, I was the company's first employee and we started out in the DMV area, um, basically doing um, LED lighting projects for commercial, industrial customers. There was a really strong rebate program with the utility there that could practically pay for the entire project. And that rebate eventually got smaller and smaller, but we realized the ROI on our projects was so strong that customers still wanted to do them. So even if they only wanted to improve their bottom line, the savings was so good, they could realize that savings and pay for the project via savings within a couple of years. And then of course the guys who wanted to do a project because it was the right thing to do for the environment, they didn't really mind one way or another, but we were able to take that from the DMV area and bring it out to the whole country. So today we cover nationwide, all 48 contiguous states. Um, we could go to Alaska and Hawaii. We haven't been lucky enough to yet, <laughs> but hopefully we get to go to Hawaii one day. Um, so yeah, that's really kind of how EnergyWare started and, and got going and how I got connected to the industry. So how old's the company? The company is six years old now. Okay, and how, and how big is it now? Uh, we have 14 direct employees and over 500 agents throughout the country. Okay. How did that just get set up? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like when you go for, I mean, in six years, when you're able, you're doing business all over the country, uh, you know, I'm always interested in just the steps to, to growth. Yeah, so we, um, the previous owner of the company who started it uh, had just sold his previous company. Uh, it was a telecom company. They had just sold it out to Vonage and he was looking for something new to do. And I actually that's, met That's him. such an entrepreneurial thing to do, right? Isn't like, it? Sell, sell a company, like, oh, like what's next? I'm, I'm kind of bored, I don't know what to do. <laughs> he, he can't stop. He's just all action all the time. And I think he got about two weeks into not really having much going on and was like, I can't take it anymore. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I would be the same way, for sure. <laughs> exactly, it's like, it's weird to have downtime, right? Um, so he got, I met him through a contractor that I was working with in the DMV area. I was actually selling lights to him. And he's kind of saw the power of, of this, this, this opportunity and that energy efficiency, environmental awareness, all this stuff is becoming so much more important and so much more mainstream and so much more popular five, six years ago. It was just kind of getting traction, but he saw the opportunity and where this was going and thought, this is the time to get in. Let's do this now. So we talked and, and shortly after that energy wear was born. And from there, uh, it's been kind of a wild ride uh, just rapidly expanding throughout the country. I mean, we, our first projects were not even in Florida. Like, I think our first, our first ever project was in Illinois, even though we were based in Florida at the time. So it was pretty interesting kind of, <laughs> kind of roller coaster there. We've, we've done a lot of work in Florida, but we've always kind of had this national footprint. Yeah. Is there one state that you do more work in than others? No, we're pretty spread out. Yeah. Um, we've done a ton of projects in Florida, it being our home state, but we've also worked pretty heavily in Indiana and in California and Colorado. Um, those are probably the biggest ones, but we, we cover the whole country. Um, we've done 39 states, um, projects in 39 states now, and uh, hopefully we'll get the rest of them soon. So can you describe to me like what a project looks like? Yeah, so the, the core product for Energy Wear when we first started was LED lighting. Uh, commercial and industrial customers, education, and uh, healthcare. So hospitals, schools, warehousing, manufacturing, office spaces, and we branched out into multifamily for that as well. So a project for us is kinda, we wanna manage the whole thing and make it as easy as possible for our customer. 
And is this like when they're in the design phase or in the building phase? Like, I mean, where do, oh, where do, yeah. you, where do you guys kind of come in yeah, so to we the work, project? We work with existing buildings more so than new construction. Okay. So it's more retrofit work. Okay. Um, and we want to make it as easy as possible for the customer in the sense that we're going to provide the product. We're going to provide the labor. We're going to work with uh, whatever municipality or entity we need to for permitting, licensing. Uh, we'll work with the utility company for any rebates or incentives that are available. We'll handle any warranty work that might come up if a light stops working after we install it. We take care of all of that for them. So we really want it to be like a one-stop shop. Everything's under one umbrella. Our own engineers, our own architects, our own electricians. Um, and then we use all tier one and tier two manufacturers for the lighting product. So they're all big companies that you know aren't going anywhere, not gonna disappear. All the product is top quality. And we really wanna make it so that the customer doesn't have to think about making the switch. Because any of these businesses, it's really hard to go in and make a big change inside of a building, right? It can interrupt your production process, your employees working throughout the day. We try to get around that by making sure that we can work whatever hours keep us out of their way. So we'll do second and third shift labor, that's okay. Or we'll do, you know, if we can work while they're working, we'll do that as well. But we wanna try and make it as painless as possible and take all as many variables and as many different, it's hard when you're juggling a contractor, a subcontractor, a supplier, the utility company, there's so much going on. We wanna make it easy for them. So they only have to talk to us and we handle the rest. Who's your primary customer? Uh, anything commercial, industrial. Uh, we do a lot of work with school districts, primary school districts. Um, I guess like how, how do they discover you? Like, I guess if I'm one of those, like, how do they find out about EnergyWare? Is it just a simple Google search? Like, I mean, what's... Yeah, we'll show up on Google, but we also have 500 agents who represent us throughout the country. Okay. And they're, um, they're trusted agents in, in the technology space. So they're already working with customers and they're basically bringing new technology to their existing customer. And that's us. So they, we're kind of utilizing their connections and then we're also doing some direct work as well. Okay, is there like a pitch involved with that? Like why why would, if I had an existing school or you know hospital or something, you know, are you just, are these agents going out and pitching them on the savings that they're gonna have by doing this? Like what what's the process, I guess, for the agent? Yeah, so the two big things of it are, you have the savings, right, for the company or for the school and that's just money that goes back onto the bottom line. But is it then, pretty significant? Yes, it definitely can be. So lighting is kind of weird. You don't think about it, but it takes up, it can be anywhere between 35 and upwards of 60% of your electric bill every month. So it's a massive expenditure. And especially in a large building, you can, you can cut a, an energy bill significantly just by changing the lights. So for a business or, or someone who's just purely mo motivated by the bottom line, there's an upfront cost to it but we have different financing vehicles available as well. And we want to create a situation where the customer can be cash flow positive from day one. So we always want them to realize instant savings. And then along with that, they get brighter lights, better lights, more consistent lights throughout their workspace, which improve, improves employee productivity, comfort in the workplace. It just creates a better environment. And then for, for places like schools or for, for schools, hospitals, you have more money available to do things with. Like for a school, the savings from changing the lights out could go towards a teacher's salary or more supplies for the teachers and the students, things like that. So it kind of creates more options and more flexibility for a school. I mean, in terms of the agent setup, is this something like you guys as the company are going out and finding the agents or are the agents kind of finding you type of thing? A little bit of both. Okay. Yeah, we, um, 
initially we were we for were our audience of, everybody who's listening you can tell i'm trying to like get a complete <laughs> understanding of like of the model right i'm trying to yeah to really grasp how it goes from you know you guys y'all's locations and and you said you had like 14 district uh, we have 14? 14 14 direct employees direct employees and yep. then from there it goes to the agents correct okay I'm following. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the agents, um, the agents we we look for. But if someone contacts us and is interested in being an agent, which you can do through our website, um, we're happy to talk to you and we can put you through onboarding as well. So it really goes both ways. It's just an exciting space to be in. It's growing all the time. So more and more companies are becoming more aware of it, um, wanting to do something for energy efficiency. And then the knock-on effect for that is sales agents that maybe don't play in this space are now becoming aware of this space and they want to get involved. So working with a company like EnergyWare can help them get involved directly. Okay. Is it, I mean, it's, it's LED lighting. Is it anything else? Yes, absolutely. That was our core product that we started the company on. We've since, since branched out uh, pretty significantly. We um, offer solar. That's our other huge product now. And that's a renewable space is growing all the time as well. And then we can do uh, HVAC stuff and for like multifamily, or like student housing where there's a lot of kind of touch points for, for water, we can do some water conservation stuff as well. Okay. That's a little more niche. Cool. And so you said earlier that you were previously based in Florida. That's not the case anymore? No, so we, uh, COVID had a big impact on this. We had yeah. our corporate office in South Florida and Fort Lauderdale. Um, and we had to, when all the offices, when the, basically the world stood still, right, as everything closed down for COVID, we and it kept going. We transitioned to work from home and we were already a little bit spread out. We have um, sales directors in California and Denver and the Mid-Atlantic. So we kind of cover the whole country anyway. And our project managers are in the Mid-Atlantic, the East Coast and the West Coast. So we were already spread out. We just kind of had like a core office staff in our corporate office. We realized we were just as efficient, if not more so, just purely working from home. <laughs> so we actually kind of gave up the traditional office space and we're now just kind of a fully compartmentalized Add like that savings to the bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Yeah. yeah I mean, there was no need for the overhead to exist because we were able to do everything, you know, in my opinion, better that way. So it really worked out well. Has it, uh, you know, one of the things that I'm really interested in as a lot of people, you know, a lot of businesses make a transition very similar to that, you know, is workplace culture. Yeah. You know, that, that's something that's come up multiple times. It's like, well, you know, if you don't ever get to see each other or if it's always just via Zoom or, you know, can you really build a company culture? Have you guys had any struggles with that as you moved away from having a physical office space or maybe it wasn't even, you know, something to be worried about at all because you were spread out anyway? Like, I don't know, but I'm interested yeah. to hear. Yeah, we were already kind of spread out, so that made it kind of an easier transition. But for kind of the group of us who were always in the corporate office, it was a little bit odd at first and, you know, Zoom happy hours are fun and all, but <laughs> you do kind of want to like see people face to face from time to time, yeah, right? for sure. So we do, um, now that kind of everything's opening back up, we'll be kind of doing events for all the employees from time to time so everyone can get together. And travel is a big component for our project managers, for our sales folks, and, and for some of our ops guys. So like for me personally, I'm kind of always out and about interfacing with our sales team or working with a project manager or an electrician on something. So I kind of get to still see people, but... Yeah, it's it's definitely tough to stay connected. You just kind of have to have to keep hopping on the Zoom calls, and and then at such a time where we can all get back together, we will. Uh, so where are you kind of based at? Are I'm out here? of Fort Lauderdale. You're out of Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. All right. So how did you get connected to, 
you know, to everything that's happening here at Startup South and with Collective Inco and how did Energywear get involved with, with this group? Yeah, our actually our marketing director moved up here during during COVID, um, kind of when everything was locked down. They moved up here. They wanted a, a little bit of a different outlook, a little more space, right, for their family. So they moved up here, um, and and his name's Boaz. He met Kwong from Collective. He Boaz lives I don't know right down the road. They're practically neighbors. So okay, uh, and they started talking, and and what Collective's doing is is really cool, and it's kind of a neat opportunity for for Energywear to kind of reach out to the kind of young, you know, young businesses and young entrepreneurs and, and just kind of interface with them. So Boaz and Kwong hit it off. Uh, he introduced Kwong to the rest of the company and, and I mean, he's awesome. So we just, we were really excited to get out here and meet him and kind of start working, working in this area with him. Okay. And so what's, I mean, is the purpose just to grow y'all's presence, uh, and, and work like to do what you guys do with some of the buildings and municipal municipalities here, or is it, you know, trying to recruit workers from here? Like, what what is the primary purpose for you guys? Like, where where would you guys benefit the most from this relationship? I guess is a better question. Sure, to ask. yeah. Uh, Gainesville and Alachua are growing fast. I mean, it's and it's really exciting, and a lot of that growth is pretty tech based. I mean, the building we're sitting in right now is awesome in that sense. It's covered right. in solar panels. All the lights are LED. Everything is super efficient. It's it's very cool. And that kind of that kind of drive towards utilizing this technology is very exciting to us. So it's a place we want to be and it's a place we want to do business. But more so than just doing business here, we're excited to establish a presence and kind of become a part of the community via, you know, one of our directors now living here. So it's kind of both fronts. We're really happy to be here and we're excited to do business here, but we're also really excited to be a part of it. As a company, what would you say is the biggest challenge you guys have faced thus far? Yeah, we uh, so it's it's COVID related. Yeah, I mean, this raw material shortages and and chip shortages are are really tough, especially on the products that we're selling. So we're facing kind of interesting logistical issues sometimes, and and we've been able to largely overcome that by being extremely flexible regarding vendors we work with and kind of being agile that way, not being married to one manufacturer, so to speak. Did business but, really take a huge dip when COVID happened? So it was interesting at first. Yes. Cause everyone, you know, no one knew what to do, right? Everything just kind of shut down. Yeah. But eventually a lot of our customers realized, um, oh, there's no one in our buildings. What better time to upgrade it? So that was kind of nice. And that kind of helped us stay, stay solid and kind of work through COVID. So we were always, we still had business coming in and we were still doing projects, but there was kind of a big momentary pause there. Yeah. Everybody, but then everybody had that mindset. Okay. Like everything's going to get back to normal at some point. Let's upgrade the building. Yeah. <laughs> it just took a while to get there. Right. Cause it was like, God, when is this going to be over? How long did it take to get there for you guys? Um, Do you I know think how we many? had, we had a pretty rough three to four months in there. Okay. And then kind of started to pick up again and, and, uh, it's still, it's still tricky. It's, you know, it's still kind of hard to justify spending money at the moment, but we're kind of getting back to normal and, and get back, getting back out and about. So do you guys uh, struggle with, you know, from, I guess, from the agent standpoint and finding the people to do the actual installs, you know, there's so much, you know, people, just people talking about labor shortages and finding good help. Do you guys have any of those challenges? It can definitely be difficult, especially people are always kind of jumping at trying to get to the lowest bidder and, and we kind of find you really get what you pay for when yeah. you do that stuff. So we, 
we really work really hard to qualify any electrician we're going to work with. If it's not going to be um, one of our guys, we really want to vet them and make sure they're doing quality work. And, and we're not afraid to work with someone who's not the lowest bidder in order to get the right result, which is really important. We really, we really stand by the quality of the service we offer more than anything. It's the most important thing for us is for our customer to have a good experience from start to finish with a project, not just to appreciate the end result, but to be happy with the process to get there as well. Talk to me a little bit more about the supply chain issues or just, you know, when you, when you say that, is it just, you're part of the group that has stuff stuck on the water right now, waiting to come into port? Is it like one of those types of things or? There was a moment uh, where that was the case and actually the boat that had our containers of lights on it lost a bunch of containers into the Pacific and our containers were a couple of them. So that was kind of like tricky actually to, f- yeah, off fell the into the ocean. Because so, of storm or what? Like- <laughs> yeah, well there was, this was kind of peak, kind of at the peak of everything being stopped. So there was all these cargo ships kind of just off the shore that could not come to the port and unload. And they were just waiting and waiting and waiting. And uh, yeah, the the boat kind of this bad storm kind of rocked it and a bunch of containers fell off of it. And, uh, and a couple of them were yours? A couple yours? of them were ours, Oh my gosh. So that was a, that was a wild experience. Because uh, then you know, you're calling your customer like, hey, we're delayed, here's why. And they're like, no, what? no way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what do you even How say that to possible? that? I know, like, what do you even say <laughs> so, to that? It's like... I, I feel like that would be my containers too. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. Like, we, I mean, we got the like, call oh. from the manufacturer and we were like, you gotta be kidding. April fools. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that I was, mean, that's like, start, you, then you got to start all over, remanufacture the product. Yeah. It was get it back on the containers. Get it. I mean, that had to delay things for quite a long it time. It was tricky. We actually, unfortunately had to pivot to a different manufacturer for that, but they understood. And when the product did come in, we were able to find a new home for it. So it worked out pretty well. But we couldn't make our customer wait another, you know, eight weeks, 12 weeks, whatever it was. So we were able to make that work. It's the main thing with the supply shortage for us is um, being able to be flexible to find the right substitute and not compromise the quality of the product. Because some vendor that we work with will have the stuff. We just have to identify it in the right moment and get a hold of it. And it is tricky and especially logistically is the big thing. So it's not just a product shortage, but product costs are going way up. Right. And they're going way up because the logistics, the shipping is so brutal now. I mean, uh, the price of a container of lights from a factory into the U.S. has gone up five or six times Yeah. from from the beginning of last year. I mean, it's a wild increase that it just has a ripple effect all through all the product and all the costs. Do you think that will calm down and level out or, or come back, you know, come back down or do you see it just being there forever? I don't know how long it goes on, but eventually kind of the shortage has to get solved, right? It's all kind of solved by everything stopping at once or started by everything stopping at once. So I'm not sure it ever goes all the way back, but there has to be some, you know, some middle ground, right? I just don't know how long that could take. That's obviously a big challenge that you guys have been facing. Um, are there any others? That's really the biggest biggest set of them. We've been uh, we've been kind of moving along otherwise. Okay. And where do you guys see your business? Like, if you had to look five years down the road, like, what does your business look like? Yeah, we're trying to just kind of continue to grow, continue to to work with these these big clients. I mean, some of the guys we work with, like Duke University. Um, we've done a couple projects now with Whirlpool, Ventas Corporation. Um, clients like that. We want to continue to bring more of those guys into our umbrella and support them and take care of their energy efficiency needs and just continue to grow. What are you most excited about with this event here tonight? 
Um, I'm excited on a couple of levels. I think it's going to be really fun to listen to all the pitches and kind of hear all these cool ideas coming out of these guys. Um, but I'm also just kind of excited to, to network and, and to meet them and, and really just kind of enjoy my time. Yeah. Awesome, man. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Where can our audience learn more about you guys? Like, I mean, yeah. you your website, any social media handles, that kind of thing that you can yep. put out there? Our website, uh, www.energywearllc.com. Um, we're on Instagram, energywearllc. Um, and yeah, those are really the best two places to find us. Or of course, we're on LinkedIn as well. But yeah, the website or Instagram would be the best two places to go. Very cool. And just for everybody who's listening, I mean, obviously those that, that are watching, you can see that our set is completely different because we're out here uh, in Collective & Co's space in San Velasco, Tech City. And uh, again, there the website for the event is startupsouth.net. Um, I'm sure if you're like listening to this, you, you know, maybe you didn't make it out this time, but it, they're gonna try to make this happen every year. This is gonna be awesome. I'm excited. I, I'm looking through the glass here and just watching them get everything set up as we're here recording and, uh, you know, definitely stay tuned. There's a lot of exciting things happening in the Gainesville and Alachua area. Definitely excited that we've been able to be a part of it. So, you know, thank you to Kwong and everybody for including us. And uh, yeah, Eric, thanks again for coming on, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. You guys, of course, thank you to our team that makes this possible. James Leitner, Sarah Lentz, and our awesome intern team, Trinity, Gianna, and Noah, for all of your hard work. Uh, To our listening audience, remember that you can connect to our sponsors that make the show happen by going to whoagnv.com slash sponsors. You can always find their links in the show notes as well and in the descriptions and in all the social media feeds. So definitely go uh, get connected to the people that make this show happen. And uh, when you reach out to our sponsors, be sure to say, I heard you on the WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa, whoa. We will see you later. Bye.